Uh, as I mentioned to you, that we are at the halfway point of December, and I just have to ask you, I know how I feel, I want to ask you the question, are you tired yet? Are you tired yet? I mean, this month of each year is usually the most exciting month of the year. How many of you would agree with that? Some of you would say no. But to me, December is the most exciting month of the year. But have you also noticed that it is the most exhausting month of the year? Wow. It sure is. In case you were too fatigued to hear it the first time because you were just like sitting there zoned out. You were like just in a whole nother world. I'll just ask you again, are you tired yet? And it's no wonder why we're so tired. Just think of what we do. Do you know 80% of all of the parties that we will attend in the entire year, we attend 80% of them in the first three weeks of December. We do that. I mean, that's that's what we do. In the first three weeks of December, we will redecorate our house pretty much completely inside and out. Uh, many of you will bake every cookie you've ever heard of and some that you've never heard of, but you tried anyhow. And we go out and shop for and buy for every single person, it seems, that we have ever met in our entire life. And if we're not already tired enough, we will try to cram in Christmas movies either at home or at the theater. And by the way, in case it's not already crazy enough yet, let's let all the kids out of school. <laughs> what are we thinking? Are you tired yet? No wonder we're tired. I'm tired. You're tired. This has been like a week. I mean, honestly, I just, I said to somebody, I said, I am paying mortgage, a mortgage on a house I don't get to see. I don't know when I, I, I don't, I'm just like leave. I leave early in the morning. I hit the gym and go to work and every night there's something and just basically coming, um, you know, coming in in enough time to get out my clothes for the gym and clothes for the office and all of that and going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again. So for all of us, here's what I want you to do. All right, you ready? You ready? Here we go. I want everybody to take a deep breath. I'm not kidding. I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to just realize for a moment. How's that feel? I feel good. Uh, it's funny. I hadn't even thought to say that till I just mentioned this to you a number of years ago. Um, I it's one time, and it's not that I shouldn't. Um, I sh it's not that I should not do it. I just don't do it because I got a whole nother gym deal. But I did. Um, I did. It's not Pilates, but I've done one yoga class in my life. And uh, I, I did that in coaching, and so I wasn't, you know, I, I, I for certain wasn't going to be the only guy up there. And so I found a buddy, and I said, if I'm going to go up there because I'm under pressure, you know, because I've been challenged to do it, and I couldn't do it and stuff, so I'm not going to go up there and risk being the only guy uh, to be in that room. So I harnessed one of my buddies and said, if I'm going to do this yoga class, you're going to do this yoga class. And he's a big old guy. He's a great guy. He comes out here. It's not his home church, but he comes here a lot. We've got a good friendship. I said, Chuck, you're, you're going with me. And so we went up, and, and, and I just thought it was going to be nothing. Chuck thought it was going to be nothing. And I got so tickled at one point in this yoga class that I think there's nothing to it. I look over at Chuck, and his, his T-shirt is just soaking wet. And I'm just loving it. And then it came to the very end, and the instructor, who both of us knew, she said this. She said, now we're toward the end of the class. And you can just lay there and rest. We're going to lay, lay here and we're going to rest and we're going to relax for just a moment because we had been working real, uh, much, much harder in that yoga class than I ever intended to work. 
And so she just said it like this, very soothing voice. We can just lay here and relax. Now, if you need to get up and go, because you're in a hurry, you can do that. But everybody else, I want you to just, and my buddy's got like this big voice that if he was in one of the theaters right now and spoke, you could hear him right here. And Chuck just says, he says it in everybody in the class. He says, why would I want to leave for the most uh, fun part of the whole class? Just laying there. Just like, why would I leave? This is going to be the best part of the class. And it was. And so we just laid there. It was intense. And we relaxed for a moment. Got up. Went about our day. So reason I want you to relax is maybe, maybe the pace that you've been keeping is a lot like the pace I've been keeping. And maybe in these few moments that we have together this morning, it's going to be the first time this year that you've really had the chance to hit pause, do a timeout, and really think about the real meaning of Christmas. Because we're caught up in all this stuff. But I don't know that we pause long enough to go back and think about what this is all about. See, Christmas is about connecting with God. And these next few moments, I believe, could actually be the turning point in your life. The focus of this talk this morning is simply this. Come home for Christmas. Just come home. There's a lot of songs about that. There's a lot of movies and books about that. Come home for Christmas. I love this verse. It's a great verse. Maybe you've never noticed it before, but look at what this verse says. This is what the Lord says. Come home to me. Would you read these last four words with me, everybody? Come home to me. And that's what God wants us to do. Now, do you realize this? I hope you do, that you were made to belong to God. See, God created you, every one of you, and God loves you, every one of you, and he actually made you to belong to him. God made you to belong to him, to come home to him at Christmas. Now, uh, God is not going to force that. He gives us a capacity to be able to make our own decisions. Obviously, God's, you know, he's really concerned about us making the right decision, but he leaves it up to us. We can say, well, God, I'm not coming home. I don't want to come home. I want to do my own thing, go my own way, take my own path. But God wants us to come home for Christmas, and he's wanting every one of you in this room to come home for Christmas. And I mentioned to you a moment ago, songs, I love Christmas music, even this morning when I got up to get ready for church, I click on some Christmas music. If I have a chance, I'm not on the phone while I'm, uh, you know, um, driving, and I'm careful when I do that. So some of you, you shouldn't be on your phone, I know, but sometimes I have to, and I'm real careful about it. And, but if I'm not, I'm listening to music, and I love the music, and songs are talking about coming home for Christmas, and, and you watch, and you watch uh, movies, and they're talking about coming home for Christmas. Can I ask you a question? I'm just curious, because I, I haven't seen this channel as much as I've seen ESPN. How many of you have ever watched the Hallmark Channel? Come on, be honest. Have you watched the Hallmark Channel? Is it, is it just me, or is the plot the same on every movie, and they just change the faces? Is that just me? It's the same story. Let's just swap faces and names. It's the same story. Come home for Christmas. And books talk about it, and songs, and, and uh, it's true. There's no place like home. But you know what I've discovered? What songs and movies and books often conveniently forget, they can forget two facts about coming home. No home is always perfect, and no home is always permanent. And because no home is completely perfect, unfortunately, and no home is permanent, that's reality. I know I was thinking about it this, this past week because this past week, it's not only uh, our middle son's birthday, Drew's birthday, but on his birthday, my mother-in-law two years ago passed away. 
And they've lived in that same house forever. And now it's just my father-in-law. It's not my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. And so they've lived, they've, they've, been, they've been married since like Moses was in middle school. <laughs> like a long time. And now the adjustments that my father-in-law has had to make. And no home is perfect and certainly no home is permanent. Maybe you've lost somebody. Maybe somebody that once resided at your house is not at your house anymore. And so what I want to do is I want to get you to consider today a different, common, a different kind of home going, a different kind of homecoming, I should say, this Christmas, a spiritual homecoming. And I want to give you three truths right here, and I'd like for you to write them down somewhere. I want you to be sure to get these. You can come home because that's what Christmas is about. It's about coming to home to God. It's about connecting with God. And so I want to give you three thoughts here this morning before we're done. Number one, you can come home to God's love and forgiveness. If you come home to God this Christmas, you're going to come home to God's love and forgiveness. And this is the very first reason for Christmas. When you think about it, Jesus left his home in heaven to come to your home and my home on earth so that you and I might be able to experience God's love and forgiveness. And God wants us to come home this Christmas. And, and I just have to ask you, knowing that, that God would leave his home, that he would send his only son, Jesus, leave his home to come to our home. Is there any reason, is there any logical, is there any sensible reason that would cause you to not do that, to not come home? And maybe some of you, you, you think, maybe it's on your side of the equation, you say, well, I'd like to come home to God. I really would, Jeff. I'd like to come home to God. But maybe you have this fear of rejection. Maybe in your mind, you're saying, that sounds well and good. And I know, Jeff, you seem pretty excited and animated about it. But why would God want a person like me to come home? You have no idea who I am. Maybe you're thinking, you have no idea how I was raised. You have no idea what I've said, who I've hurt, what I've done, how many times I've done it. You don't know any of those things. And those things might be true. But that has not stopped God from loving you. It hasn't. I mean, just think about it. If you're a parent, a lot of you that are here as parents, um, you, you don't stop loving your kids when your kids have disappointed you. I mean, my kids have disappointed me many times. At least Brandon Drew has. Audrey never has. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I stop loving my kids because my kids have disappointed me. I love them. You know, I don't like what they do all the time, and especially growing up. And some of the boys, the boys, uh, you know, especially would test me on occasion. But it wasn't that I just said, you know what, you've done this, and I think you've made some wrong decisions. You've made some stupid choices, and based on that, I'm going to stop loving you. No. And, and that's a parent that has great limitations. Just think about God. In fact, I want you to look at this verse on the screen. This is a great verse. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love, which Christ, which Christ Jesus our Lord shows us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Now, just how much does God love you? Do you want to know how much God loves you? I'll tell you how much God loves you. God loves you this much. He loves you enough to send his son Jesus into the world on the first Christmas. Do you think that was easy for Jesus? Do you think that was easy for him? That's like God saying to you, hey, listen, uh, I know that you live in Hawaii, but I want to relocate you to Yeehaw Junction. No offense if you were born and raised in Yeehaw Junction. <laughs> but how many of you know it's not the same? 
I mean, and you just take the mammoth of what God was asking Jesus to do. I want you to leave heaven to go to the world. And that's, that's the very first Christmas. And, and God loves you that much. And Jesus loves you that much that he didn't have to be coerced into doing it, even though he knew what ultimately that would lead to. And God asked his son to do it. And Jesus is like, I'll do it. That's how much God loves you. You know how much God loves you? God loves you enough to allow his own son, Jesus, who he sent to this earth on that first Christmas to move from the cradle to the cross in a time span of only about 33 years. The older I get, 33 years, doesn't seem like that long. And I mean, the thing, here was Jesus born, and we talked about it last week in conditions and not sanitized at all, and just born in a stable meant for animals, and, and that some 33 years or so that Jesus would have moved from a cradle in Bethlehem, a makeshift cradle, to a cross. And he did it willingly. And Jesus loves us that much that he would do that. Jesus loves us enough that he would pay off our sin debt in full with his own blood. That he would say, you know what? I am perfect. I've never committed sin. I've never done anything wrong. I've, I've never uh, done anything that would be wicked or evil. I've been the personification of perfect in every way. And so while I'm being nailed here between these two guys that are real, like, first-class blue-ribbon criminals, I've done nothing wrong, but I'm willing to do it because I love people so much. I love the creation that Father and I have created. I, I love I love that much. Look at, look at this next verse here on, here on the screen. God showed us how much he loved us. Some of you are saying, well, how do I know that God loves me? How can God prove that he loves me? And he does it right here. God showed how much he loved us by sending. This is how he proved it. By sending his one and only son, Jesus, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Look at this next phrase. This is real love. You say, well, how does God prove that he loves me? This is how he proves it. This is real love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and he proved it because he sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's how much God loves us and you can come home to God's love and forgiveness. Secondly, I want you to be sure you get this. Put it on your phone, your iPad, write it somewhere. Maybe you got a child's crayon. You can write it on your shirt. I don't know. But secondly, you can come home to God's peace and strength. You can come home to God's peace and strength in your life. God's peace, we all need it. God's peace when life seems turbulent and God's strength when you feel as though you lack the energy to keep going on. See, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter who you are. It's inevitable that you're going to face some tough times. How many of you already know that? You didn't need me to tell you that. You already know that. You're like, man, you want to know about tough times? I'll tell you about tough times. You and I can't go through our entire life without tough times. It's, it's inevitable. Uh, your tough times could be in your family. What's going on in the life of your family, your extended relationships in the context of your family. Your toughest times these days may be in your job or with your career. Your tough times right now might, might be in your health or your emotions. It may be in your finances. And in moments when life is the toughest and there's the most trouble and chaos, where do we go for strength? Where do you go? Where do you go when you're like, you know what, this, this is bigger than I am? Where do you go for help? Let me, let me ask you a question. Is your own power enough? Absolutely not. 
nor is mine. Our power is not enough. We need God's power in our life. At times we get beneath heavy loads and we're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to manage this. This is too heavy. This is too big. I can't do this. I don't know. This is beyond my own strength and power. And what do we do in moments like this? Uh, some time ago, I was, I was at the gym, and I was working out, and I was on a bench, and I was doing some bench press, and, and man, I was just, I probably had a weight that I shouldn't have been lifting, and uh, I was just trying to rep it out, you know, 320, uh, 10 times. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's slightly less than that. And I was pushing it, and I'm like, you know how you are. You're like, you know what, I got, I got two more in me, and, and pushing, and, and, uh, and I was pushing hard, uh, and then somebody came up on the bench behind me, and they just sort of got under my arms, and they started pushing a little bit like that, spotting, you'd be calling it, spotting. I, I didn't know who it was. I just felt somebody pushing me, and then I heard this voice that I knew really well because it's so distinct. I heard this voice as he's helping me on this, that last rep. He says, come on, pastor. He just got that, that you need. Come on, pastor. And he pushes, and I, I get it up, and I sort of look around, and it's my buddy, Sean Michaels. And he's like, I'm like, thank you, Sean. How many of you know Sean can help you get some weight up if it's a little heavy? And he's like, come on. And he's got that voice, come on, pastor. And he's like, and I'm like, and, you know, for me, it just felt like he came along uh, just in time. Because it doesn't feel good to drop weights on your throat. I don't know if you know that or not. (laughs) And there's going to be times in your life where you're going to feel like, you don't have quite enough. And you've used all your own power and your own strength and your own might. And you just feel like this is way too heavy for me. God loves to stop. I step in in moments like that. And he doesn't have Sean's voice, but it may be similar. And he says, come on, I'm going to help you. You can make this not about your power because obviously you can't do it on your own but I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to let you borrow from my strength. Look at this verse on the screen. This is a great verse as well. Come to me. Come home to me. All of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, stuff that's too heavy for you. And if you do, I will give you rest. I want you to look at that verse for just a moment because I love this. I love this. I want you to notice what God does not say. God does not say, come home to me. Come to me. If you're tired, if you're weary, come home to me. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some rules. How many of you know we've got enough rules? He doesn't say, all right, if you'll come home to me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some regulations. That's it. You come home to me this Christmas. You know what I have for you? I've got a bunch of regulations all lined out for you. He doesn't say that at all. He doesn't say, come home to me, and I've got a bunch of rituals that you've got to go through. You've got to jump over this hoop this way. You've got to dot this eye that way. Cross that T. You come home. You come home to rules and regulations and, and rituals. You come home. J- Jesus doesn't say that. The Father doesn't say it. Come to me. Come to me, Jesus said. And here's what I'll give you. I'll give you rest. And some of you need that rest. Come home to God's peace and strength in your life. He invites us to do that. Now, one day, I promise it's going to happen if it hasn't already. And for a lot of you, it already has. One day, you're going to face something that's going to be bigger and badder than you are. And again, a lot of you have already been there. 
And when that happens, you are certainly going to need some peace and strength. You're going to have to draw from a reservoir that is much bigger than you. See, one of the things you have to understand is that God never intended for you to spend your life depending on your own strength. A lot of people do, and it's an effort in abject futility. It just doesn't work because everybody has their limits. Everybody can only go so far. In fact, I want you to look at this verse right here. It's actually three verses. Isaiah, he gives strength to the weary. That's what he does. He increases the power of the weak. That's what God does. That's why we want to come home to him. Even youths grow tired and weary. How many of you know that? It looks like they, uh, you know, when I'm around my grandkids, it seems like they, uh, they have no end to their energy, but they, even they have to sleep at night. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. And so God invites us to come home not only to his love, not only to his forgiveness. God invites us to come home to his peace and his strength. Truth be told, some of you are so restless these days. You are so stressed these days. You are so worried these days that it has begun to interfere with your sleep patterns. It's like you just can't sleep. You know, isn't it amazing that when you're really like majorly stressed out or you're really tired, you really, you know, got a lot going on in your mind, one of the things that's going to escape you first is going to be, it's going to be your rest, going to be your sleep. And maybe you're wondering if that's you and you're like, you know what, I'm just not sleeping right. I have trouble getting to sleep. And if I go to sleep, I have trouble staying asleep. And that's just all out of whack in my life. And maybe you're wondering, does God even have a solution for that problem? And, and he does. Here's another verse. I want you to look at it with me. In peace, the psalmist said, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. For some of you, it was worth you being here today just to be reminded of that verse. In peace, I will lie down and I'll sleep. Why? Because I know that no matter what I'm facing, no matter how big it is, bad it is, how worrisome that it is in any dominion of my life, you know, it's bigger than me. I need some peace in my life. I need God's strength in my life because I can't handle this on my own. It's a heavy, heavy load. And God says, you know what? You go on to bed and you go on to sleep because in peace, you're going to be able to rest because I'm going to take care of you. How many of you are glad that even when you're asleep, God doesn't stop working? He keeps right on working. So come home. That's why we're talking about this Christmas. Coming home. Come home to God's love and forgiveness. Come home to God's peace and his strength. Thirdly and finally, you can come home to God's hope and his joy. You can come home to God's hope and joy. Maybe you feel a little hopeless today. Maybe you feel sad. Maybe you're depressed. You can come home to God's peace and hope and joy. See, one of the things you and I understand, you can't breathe air and think that your life, the rest of your life is uh, going to go uh, in absolute perfection. It's not going to happen. No, no area of your life is perfect. It may be good. It, it may be good, but it's not perfect. You may have a good job or a good business, good career, but how many of you know your job or your career is not perfect? Wave your hand at me like this, all right? You, you don't have a perfect job. How, how many of you know that you don't have, as much as you love them, how many of you know you don't have perfect kids? All right? If you're not raising your hand, just ask somebody that knows you and your kids, and they'll help you on that one, all right? <laughs> ask their teachers, all right? All right, you may be like me. You may have perfect grandkids, but you don't have 
You don't have perfect kids. Nobody has a perfect marriage. You can have a great marriage. Your marriage can be wonderful, can be thriving, but it's not a perfect marriage. Why? Because they keep messing up. Not you, right? (laughs) Not you. They do. They're messing things up. You're perfect, right? Nobody has perfect health. You may have great health, but it's not perfect health. And how many of you know one day, one day you start waking up and you've got pains in your life that you've never had in your entire life before? And you're like, where did that come from? Didn't have that pain when I was 18 years old. Nobody has perfect jobs or perfect marriages or perfect kids or perfect health. There are certain challenges and circumstances in life that could easily cause anybody to from time to time, maybe to become sad or hopeless or depressed even. But that's a place where you don't want to live. And actually, you don't have to live there. Because God says, you can come home to me. You can come home, even though your life is not perfect and circumstances around your life are not perfect, you can still come home. You can still come home to, to hope and you can still come home to joy. I want you to read this verse with me, everybody. Romans chapter 15, read this verse with me. It's the A part of verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Look at that. Look at that verse again. The guys still have it up on the screen. May the God, the God of who? The God of all hope fill you with what? Joy. Fill you with what? Peace. As you do what? As you trust in him. Now, let me just say this. If you're not going to trust in God and you're going to do it your own way, your own power, your own strength, you're not going to have that. If you just say, you know where my trust is? My trust is in me. Then you're going to miss out on the joy and peace that could rightfully be yours. This doesn't just happen to anybody. The God of hope, our God, our Father, He's the one that is able to fill us up with joy and peace, but it's conditional. We've got to put our trust in Him, and we don't always do that. We've got a family member who lives in another city right now that is breaking our hearts in ways. If I told you, you'd just wag your head and you'd say, man, that's, that's tough. Breaking our hearts in ways we can, you know, we, we've not experienced as an extended family before. And I was all in the middle of that as if things aren't crazy enough, all in the middle of that this week because this person who we're all very close to has is, is been struggling with alcoholism for 20 years now, 20 years now. And he's just totally off the chain. And I could, I could take you back some time ago before his addiction began, and, and I could show you a guy that was vibrant. I could show you a guy that was confident. I could show you a guy that was happy on top of the world that everybody loved being around. In fact, we all loved being around him because of his enthusiasm and optimism. And it's just him. He was, you know, he's just a smart guy and just wonderful personality, hard worker. But not anymore. These are not happy days for him. They're sad days. These are not confident days for him. In fact, the last time I was with him was uh, last month just with him for dinner for a short time. And when I talked to him, I, and I guess it's just because of his struggle, I don't know. But every time that I would look across the table to talk to him, he'd just, he'd just make eye contact with me for just a moment and then he'd look down. And we wouldn't, I, I wasn't judging him. I wasn't scolding him. I was just having a conversation with him. He'd, look, he'd lock eyes for just, and then he'd look down. He's not confident. Riddled with so much guilt and shame and But here's the problem. You ask him, you know, can you manage this? Oh, yeah, I got this under control. 
See, here's, here's a statement. I've heard this, not just from him, but it seems like a thousand other people. Hey, somebody that's struggling with addiction, I can stop anytime. I can stop anytime. It's not true. Because if they could have, they would have, and they can't. And for him, he's at a point, really, and again, God, you know, as if things, as I mentioned, is not crazy enough just being involved in that this week. And, and the reality is it's been going on so long that if something, you know, doesn't change, it's not just all of a sudden going to break, and, you know, because he's finally found the strength to do it on his own. Hey, I've trusted myself. You ask him, you trust in you. Can you do this? Yeah, I can do this. I can, I can stay sober, and he can for a little while, for a little while. But he's not trusting in God. He's trusting in him. And it's not working out really well. In fact, it's working horribly. Did you know that the more that you trust God and the more that you depend upon God, the more joy and peace that you're going to experience in your life? Can I just say that again? The more that you and I trust in God, the more that we depend upon God and what he's able to provide in our life, the more that we're going to know his joy and his peace. And maybe for you, the last few weeks or months or years even have been difficult. This is what I want you to know. God is not finished with you yet. And God certainly has not forgotten you. You need to trust him. And when you do, you can be optimistic about your future. Here's a verse maybe you skipped over before, but I want you to look at it. It's like God is saying, hey, listen, I know you've been through a lot. I know you've got a lot going on, but here's what you can do. You can stop your crying now, wipe away your tears because there is hope for your future. It's not always going to be this way. You can't depend on you. You got to depend on me. You can't just say, I'm, I can manage this. I can do this. I can handle it. I'll take my own path and my own strength, my own way, because I'm clever enough, smart enough, experienced in life enough. No, God said that's not going to work. That's going to end, uh, you know, lead you to a dead end. But if you'll trust in me, if you'll really trust in me, here's what I've got for you. I've got love and I've got forgiveness. I've got peace and I've got strength. And I've got hope and I've got joy. And you can stop your crying now and wipe away your tears. Why? There really is hope for your future. Now, as we get ready to wrap up today's talk, because I'm out of time. I wish I wasn't out of time, but I'm out of time. But I know that for many of you, this idea of going home, and I, I couldn't just wrap this up without saying this, that for a lot of you, this idea of going home, literally going home this year, is a dreadful thought. Because uh, some of you didn't grow up in a great home, and I know that. So you're going home because, really, you've got to go home. You don't want to go home. But you just feel obligated to go home. And you may have grown up in a home that's filled with anger. You may have grown up in a home that's filled with violence or abuse or manipulation. And I want to just say to you, if that's true, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But just because your home was all messed up, and it's not going to be fun to go back home this year, and maybe, maybe even your parents are messed up in their own way, and it's just like, wow, when I go back to that, and, you know, I just know how it is. I know how it's been. And maybe, maybe the thought for you, and, you know, uh, I'd love to think that everybody just grew up in a home where they were irrationally loved by their mom or dad, at least one. But I've been around long enough to know there's a lot of people that have grown up 
without ever feeling the love of a mom or dad and people that felt abandoned a long, long time ago, if not physical abandonment, at least emotional abandonment. And so I know that it's hard for you to just sort of like this idea when I say I come home for Christmas, you're like, oh, that reminds me, I've got to go home for Christmas, and you know it's not going to be pleasant. But whatever your background or circumstances, I'm going to, again, I'm sorry if it's, you didn't grow up in a great home being like outrageously loved by your mom or dad. But there's a promise in the Bible that I, I want you to see before we leave here today, and the promise is this. Even if my father and mother abandon me, here's what I know, the Lord will take care of me. Even if I go home and it's not what I wanted to be, even if, you know, this is the way that I was raised and they've got all this dysfunction going on in their life and they can't even love me because they can't see beyond themselves, even if that happens, here's what I know, that God will take care of me. And God is saying to you, every one of you, I want you to come home this Christmas. And if you do, I promise you, I promise you that he is strong enough and caring enough and loving enough to take care of you. So what do you say? Will you come home to God this Christmas? Will you come home to his love and forgiveness? Will you come home to his peace and his strength? Will you come home to his hope and his joy? And I just say, don't put it off another day. Let's nail that down right now, even before we leave. One last verse, and then I'm gonna pray. Here's that verse. Right now, right now, you see those words, right now, God is ready to do what? Say it with me. Right now, God is ready to welcome you. When? Today. He's ready to do what? Save you. Right now, God is ready to welcome you home today, right now, this moment. He's ready to save you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Everybody, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And if you're ready to come home to God this Christmas, see, Christmas is about that. It's about connecting with God. It's about coming home to God. And you say, when I come home to God, you know, I know what it's like to go home, you know, this Christmas, but when I come home to God, what am I coming home to? You're coming home to his love. You're coming home to his forgiveness. You're coming home to his peace. You're coming home to his strength. You're coming home to the hope and the joy that he has for you. And if you've not done that, maybe you're a person that you've never received Christ as the Savior and the leader of your life. You've never prayed a prayer to invite Jesus to become your Lord. You've never committed your life to Christ. Or maybe at some point in the past you did and you've just strayed for a long, long time and you're like, you know what? I've been on my own path. I've been chasing my own dreams, doing my own thing. But I know that I need to reconnect with God. Some of you have never connected with God before. And some of you, you just need to reconnect with God. And if that's you and you want to come home to God this Christmas right now while everybody else's head is bowed, I want you to put your hand straight up in the air as high as you can. Let me see it because I want to pray for you right there where where you're at. Just put it up. Thank you. Thank you. Just put it straight up in the air. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would everybody stand? Would you just stand right right there where you're at, whether you lifted your hand or not, all of us standing together. And we did this last week, and I'm going to ask you to do it again today. For those people that you raised your hand, and you're going to be connecting with God for the very first time, or you're going to be reconnecting with God because you drifted a long, long time ago, then what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer out loud so you don't have to pray it by yourself. You can pray it with us. We're praying it to help you. But when you pray it, You mean it with all of your heart. And today, 
your life will be set on a different path. Your future, your eternity will be different. Your life in this world will be different. Not perfect, but it will be different and better than the life that you have right now. So let's everybody pray this prayer together out loud. Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to come home. I want to come home to you. I want to come home to your love. Thank you for loving me. I want to come home to your forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to come home to your peace. I need peace in my life. I want to come home to your strength. Because I can't do it on my own. I want to come home to your joy. I want to come home to your hope. Because without you, my life really is hopeless. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into this world at Christmas to meet me and to save me. And I receive you right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, let's put our hands together. Give Jesus some thanks. Welcome home. Welcome home to every one of you that prayed that prayer. I hope you have an awesome week. Bring somebody with you. Next week, it's going to be the final Sunday, as you know, before Christmas. We're going to have a great time. If you're brand new, I'm headed for the Guest Central 10. I'd love to meet you there. Love you, everybody. See you next Sunday.